Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the top 10 1980s-born actors in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation old Royal Dalton Music Hall. What is this? We have made it all the way up to the 1980s. There are quite a few actors born in the 1980s that are still big, still making lots of films right now. And uh, it it surprised me uh, going through the top 10, seeing who they actually were. Uh, Some of, most of them, almost all of them should be very, very recognizable. Two might not be. Uh, just because of the franchise that they were able to be a part of every single movie from. Uh, but I was, I, I don't know, I, I guess I thought there were a couple of people who didn't make the list that kind of shocked me. Uh, some of these honorable mentions, Carrie Mulligan, not not quite high enough on the, on the scoreboard. Um, who else do we have down here? Jake Gyllenhaal, Mist, uh, born in 1980. Um, Zoe Kazan, Paul Dano, both miss, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, doesn't make it, and uh, Brie Larson doesn't make it, and I was wondering why this was, what happened, uh, but but what I think really is the case, is the situation, uh, there are a lot of people born in the 1980s, uh, actors, that I'm, I'm very fond of, that I really enjoy seeing on screen, and quite a few of them, and including some that did make the list, I really went out of my way to try to watch as many of their films as possible, as many letterboxed credits and IMDb credits of theirs that I could find. Where that uh, became a problem, however, is because, you know, the more films you see from someone, the more, the wider you, you cast your net, the uh, more mixed of a reaction you're going to get when when you see these films. And that being the case, a lot of the people, like a Brie Larson, like a Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I, I really enjoy and really love seeing on screen, their rating suffers because I try to watch all of their movies. Whereas a couple of people uh, who just don't have as many movies or uh, whose careers I haven't you know, been been following for as long, or or who I haven't really been focusing on watching, they quote unquote get kind of a pass. Uh, so we'll see. And you know, we'll, we'll I'll I'll kind of address this with each person that comes up, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. So here we are. This episode's top ten actors born in the nineteen eighties. Number 10. Number 10 is an actor born uh, in 1982, July 24th, uh, from Canada. Uh, She has 17 film credits and an average film rating of 68.41. She has been nominated and won an Academy Award uh, back when she was 10 or 11. Uh, 10, I think. Uh, she has a value of 10.5, a score of 71.71, and is ranked 81st overall. So all of these people are in the top 100, uh, and this first person is Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin? Anna Paquin? Paquin? Anna? Anna? Uh, she won an Oscar for her supporting actress performance in The Piano, which is a great film from Jane Campion. Also starring Holly Hunter, Harvey Keitel, Sam Neill, Cliff Curtis. Uh, and she was 10 years old or so when that movie came out. Probably even younger when she was performing. And that was just such a great, great launching off point for her. You know, that was that film came out back in 1993. 
she went on uh, three years later to um, take the role of younger Jane in the film Jane Eyre from 1996. Uh, then it just kind of... You know, my first, the first thing I remember ever seeing her from, and I, I barely remember seeing this movie, but Fly Away Home. Anybody? Fly Away Home with Anna Paquin and Jeff Daniels. Uh, this, I, I barely remember anything about that movie. I remember the geese. I remember the flying V visual of it and, and you know, connecting that later on to uh, the Mighty Ducks. But are they geese? Are they ducks? Uh Canadian geese, yeah, and uh, I, I just, I remember seeing that in theaters, and then, uh, that's it, you know, and then, then, finally, eventually, later on, I began to, rec you know, I recognized her in the X-Men franchise, she was in the first three X-Men, and then later returned for Days of Future Past, she has a prominent role in Almost Famous, uh, she's in the Squid and the Whale, which I really enjoy. She has a voice role in Pixar's The Good Dinosaur. She features in 25th Hour. Uh, I love her in 2011's Margaret. She has a role in She's All That, 1999. Amistad from 97. Uh, so, you know, she's she's been around. Like, she kind of uh, took us... She, she hasn't always been prominent in film. You know, she has done her fair share of television. Uh, but I, I haven't, you know, True Blood is a big show that I've never seen. So I don't really know how, if she was any good on that. But, I mean, she was on it for a long time. So I guess, uh, I guess that's a good, I, know, I guess that means something. She was also in Trick or Treat uh, from 2007, which I'm not super big on, but I know a lot of people do like that movie. So, again, another point. Uh, I recently watched Scream 3. Uh, I haven't seen the fourth one, which Anapakwan is in, which I don't expect to be any good, but I could be wrong, I guess. Because 3 was really bad. Uh, Scream 4 is the most popular film on her letterbox that I haven't seen yet. Followed by uh, The Irishman, which comes out this year. Uh, Finding Forrester. Uh, Buffalo Soldiers from 2001. There's Darkness from 2002. The Jane Eyre movie I mentioned. I, didn't, I haven't seen it. Uh, Walk on the Moon from 99. Uh, Tell It to the Bees from 2018, just last year. Uh, which I haven't seen, and of her filmography, I've seen, I've seen 17 films according to my spreadsheet. There's only 16 credits that I've seen on Letterboxd, uh, which is about 40%. She's only got 39 credits on Letterboxd, but it's you know there's a lot of, and like here's an example of if I was really like devoting myself to watching a lot of Anna Paquin films. There's a lot of stuff at the bottom of her filmography on their box that doesn't look like it would get a good review. Open House, uh, The Parting Glass, uh, It's the Rage, Free Ride, Straight A's. I don't know, a lot of stuff down here that looks like it would really get... Uh, just drop her off the list. So maybe that's what happens um, the next time that this top ten list comes up. But, but at the same time, you know, The Irishman... Uh, hopefully will be very good, you know, uh, Scorsese is a fantastic director, and it's got an insane cast, just looking down the list now, so, I don't know, I I've always, I've always liked Anna Paquin, she's not my favorite actor uh, in the world, I, I think there are plenty of better actors than she, but and maybe that's just my sort of um, conflating Rogue as, like, the main representation of what her acting prowess is. Because she is quite fantastic in the piano. And I very, very much liked her in uh, Margaret. And I think those are two fantastic performances of hers. And, 
you know, if she does kind of shift back to making more films uh, with a couple of years now between her and True Blood and, you know, if Irishman kind of ushers in more film performances, performance from her, hopefully I'll see her in more things. And um, I think that'll be a good thing. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. Because uh, the most recent film most recently released film that I think I saw her in was Furlough, uh, which was from last year. It stars Melissa Leo, Tessa Thompson, Edgar Ramirez, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, and Anna Paquin. And uh, the movie itself is not very good, and Anna Paquin isn't anything special in it, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see her in The Irishman and, and how... She fits into a huge ensemble cast from a very skilled veteran director. So, uh, that's number 10, born in the 1980s. Number 81 overall, Anna Paquin. Paquin, Paquin. Number 9, born March 1st, 1983 in Kenya. She has eight film credits that I've seen. An average film rating of 78.25. She has also been nominated for Best for best Supporting Actress and won. She has a value of 9.5, a score of 72.1, and is ranked 74th overall. And that is the absolutely incredible Lupita Nyong'o. Her filmography is not very extensive yet. Uh, she has been in two Star Wars movies. She has been in Black Panther. She was in Best Picture winner 12 Years a Slave, for which she won her Best Supporting Oscar. Uh, she was a voice role in the 2016 John Favreau Jungle Book film, which was quite good. And uh, she was in a smaller 2016 film, also released through Disney, called Queen of Cotway, which she was a supporting role in that and did a very good job there as well. And uh, the only other thing I've seen her in, uh, narrative film, is 2014's Nonstop, which is fine at best. Uh, so not particularly a um, an extensive filmography. Uh, she didn't really break onto the scene until 12 Years a Slave, which was six years ago now. Um, but you look on her letterboxed, she's got... Star Wars Episode Nine, Black Panther 2, Us, which comes out in a couple of months from Jordan Peele's new film, uh, another 2019 release, Little Monsters. Um, she's got an untitled Lupita Nyong'o Rihanna project. I don't know if that's a thing or not. And then there's like five or six films on here without even without posters even. She's got a lot in the in the works, a lot coming down the pipeline. And I'm excited. I, I think she has shown in 12 Years a Slave in Black Panther uh, as Maz Kanata in, in Star Wars and uh, in Jungle Book uh, that she has a, a wide range of talent. She can emote a lot of different reactions. You know, even just seeing her in Queen of Cotway, she goes through a lot of different emotional uh situations in that film uh raising her daughter who is a chess mastermind uh, i'm hopeful that in black panther 2 her role is even bigger than it was in the first one uh, i'm super excited to see her in us i think giving everyone in that cast a, a dual role to play is going to be brilliant and show a lot of range uh, performance wise I'm not super hopeful that she'll have a huge role to play in Star Wars F9, but maybe, maybe. I don't know. She was barely in Last Jedi, and uh, even her role in Force Awakens was relatively small. But you know, she she made Maz Kanata enchanting, and uh, that's really all you can ask uh, for for someone playing a motion capture you know, miniaturized alien. Enchanting. Very tough to do. So, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, 
just hoping for more from the future. I, I tried to find some of the other films on here. There's a couple of short films, a couple of older films, but uh, they're all either too tiny or too hidden for me for for me to have gained access to. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of her this year and, and in upcoming years as some big movies come out that she's going to be in. So that's Lupita Nyong'o, number nine, born in the 1980s, number 74 overall. Which brings us to number eight. Born August 13th, 1983, in Romania, with 15 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 69.4, no Oscar nominations, a value of 11, a score of 72.24 to be ranked 70th, Overall, sharing uh, a role in the film Black Panther alongside Lupita Nyong'o, kind of alongside Lupita Nyong'o, is Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan, uh, best known maybe for his role as Bucky Barnes in the MCU. He has also had prominent roles in I, Tanya, Black Swan, uh, Logan Lucky, Hot Tub Time Machine, The Martian, Rachel Getting Married. But ultimately speaking, uh, his MCU films are really what carries him up to this point uh, on, this, on the rankings. He's been in Black Panther, Captain America, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Ant-Man, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, that's almost half of his filmography, six films. And uh, couple that with Martian, Black Swan, Itania, which are all good to great films in their own rights. Uh, Rachel Getting Married, another great film. And that's a pretty hefty, uh, a pretty pretty strong, you know, 10 films right there. 10? Yes, 10 films. The, the problem, the issue I have is I hate Bucky Barnes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I don't like his character. I think Sebastian Stan plays him fine. I just, I am not interested in this guy at all. I wasn't interested in him in, him in the first Captain America movie. I was somewhat interested in him in Winter Soldier and then lost my interest in Civil War didn't care to see him in Black Panther. Didn't care to see him in Infinity War. Uh, you know, he, he's, you know, ha Black Panther and Ant-Man, he's basically just an end credit scene anyway. But I really, really liked him in I, Tanya. I thought he was great in I, Tanya. His He doesn't have the biggest role in The Martian, but he's fine in it. I, I liked him in Black Swan. He was fine in Logan Lucky. He was fine in Rachel Getting Married. I one of the th the film I remember him from originally. The first thing I ever saw him in is The Covenant, uh, which is from two thousand and six, uh, and it's not a good movie. It's a pretty bad movie. Uh, in fact, you know, maybe even uh, disastrously bad with Laura Ramsey and Stephen Strait and Taylor Kitsch. He plays the villain in in the Covenant, and that's uh, that's kind of what I liked about him. I, I thought he was a great villainous actor, or even just like an unsavory, neutral character kind of a situation. You know, he he has this great demeanor of of appearing less than altruistic and that the the crooked smile that he puts on his face and uh just the the easy way it seems like that he can fill his eyes and, and his look with hatred I, I think he's great at those things and now trying to make him you know a good guy in in the mcu i just it just doesn't it doesn't work for me that's it it just it does not work for me Making him like such a pivotal presence in Civil War really didn't help that movie, in my opinion. I don't know. 
it's uh, tough to. I mean, I can't argue with with the um, with the rating. Obviously, it, it it is what it is, and to say that he's not a good actor is is wrong. He, he's obviously a good actor. He's done a lot of good things, but it just unfortunate that the biggest role he's played for me is one I don't particularly enjoy. Some of the films of his coming out soon, uh, Avengers Endgame. He's in Destroyer, which I haven't yet seen. I'm really hoping to get to see that uh, with Nicole Kidman. Ricky and the Flash, which I haven't seen. Uh, the Bronze, which is yet another ice skating movie uh, that he's in. The Apparition, Gone from 2012. Um, Spread from 2009. I don't know. There's a, a lot of crappy looking things uh the bottom of his filmography here but i'm really interested in destroyer despite my lukewarm opinion on infinity war i am very very much looking forward to endgame so there'll definitely be more films with sebastian stan in them in my future and um hopefully my opinion sweetens on him hopefully so that's uh, number eight, born in the 1980s. Number 70, overall, Sebastian Stan. Numbers seven and six I'm going to do together because uh, you can't really talk about them individually or then the second person I would just say, uh, yeah, ditto. They are both born February 25th, 1986 in the UK. They both have 10 film credits. They both have an average film rating of 74.8. Neither was nominated for an Oscar. Both of them have a value of 10.5. Both of them have a score of 72.83. Both of them are ranked 61st overall. And both of their last names are Phelps. Uh, and those are James Phelps and Oliver Phelps. If you don't know who those are, who they are by name, they are not, as far as I'm aware, uh, related to gold medalist Michael Phelps, they are the men that portray the Weasley twins in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, uh, Fred and George Weasley, and their 10 film credits are all Harry Potter movies. So it's the eight primary films in the Harry Potter series and two accompanying documentary uh documentaries that I've seen them in, uh, creating the world of Harry Potter documentaries. I, I, what, what can you really... Uh, they both have one or two extra credits on uh, Letterboxd that I haven't seen. Uh, they were both in a film called Danny and the Human Zoo. And James, not Oliver, was in a film from 2015 called Patchwork. Tried my I've tried many times to find these films and have not been able to do it. But, so so for now, they remain locked in eternal uh, equality. And it's, you know, they, they are good. I, I like them as the Weasley twins. They, are, they do a great job as the Weasley twins. And I think, you know, I, 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 I'm not bad, but I've only ever really seen them as one role. I have no idea if they have range outside of Fred and George. I have no idea if they can play a more dramatic performance, if they can even act without the other person on set or on the screen with them. And so, you know, this is a very tenuous position that they're in. Uh, literally one bad film, and uh, they will tumble out of this top 10 and likely out of the top 150 on my spreadsheet, it is that, um, that, that tenuous. So, I don't know, I, I don't really have a lot to say, I, I guess, uh, you know, they're really twins in real life, so they have that connection, they have that uh, chemistry and, and ability to simply be in sync as the Weasley twins required so fantastic casting uh, you know one of the better things 
or one of the best things about the Harry Potter franchise is the casting and it's hopefully one day I am sure I will find uh, either one of the either patchwork or Dan human zoo or something else they'll be in something else that I'll be able to track down and really give them an evaluation that that can mean something outside of Fred and George but for now James and Oliver Phelps uh, numbers six and seven born in the 1980s and 61st tied for 61st overall moving on to number five number five born December 20th 1983 in California I've seen 38 films uh, that they're credited in 62.92 average film rating two Oscar nominations no wins 14.5 value a score of 74.28 and they're ranked 49th overall we are in the top 50 in our top five and number five is Jonah Hill Jonah Hill this guy now I like Jonah Hill I like I like his acting I think he's good uh, he has the drama he has the comedy he has the voice acting he, he he's got the range I I think and and this is where I'm a little puzzled I I like him I don't love him I, I thought he I think he's great in the Jump Street films, absolutely great. Uh, I love him in Wolf of Wall Street. I I, I loved him in uh, Moneyball. But there are a lot of films that I just he's fine. He's just absolutely fine. And what's more, a lot of films where his role is so so tiny. I'm looking at a Django Unchained, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2, the Lego movie, Lego Batman movie, Click. Um, he, he has so many films on, on here that his performance is just incredibly small in. And, you know, it, it's the biggest, biggest downside slash oversight, whatever you want to call it, that my ranking system has and as much as I'd want to adjust for that it's tough to do that you know I, yeah everyone have to adjust and you know who knows it might bear out the same result I think and and you know it's not that he ha- he's been in his fair share of bad films I'm looking at strange wilderness grandma's boy I, I don't like Hail Caesar, Just Add Water, uh, Evan Almighty, The Watch, The Invention of Lying, Click, War Dogs, a lot, of, plenty of bad films, as anyone who's been in you know thirty plus films that I've seen has. But I just, it's not enough, you know. I've seen a lot, and it just so happens that. A lot of his smaller roles, his cameos, his his tiny things are well received. I, I fully expect the same thing to happen with How to Train Your Dragon 3, with the Lego Movie 2. Both films coming out in the next month or two that are sure to increase his score on uh, the spreadsheet based on you know early reactions. He's also got the Beach Bum from this year, which... That could go either way, honestly. It could really go either way. Uh, but beyond that, uh, you know, it's that's it. I've seen seventy-seven percent of his film credits on Letterboxd, including upcoming films: Beach Bum, How to Train Dragon, Lego Movie. So that boils it down to thirty-eight out of forty-six. Two of his films don't even have posters. Thirty-eight out of forty-four. One is the roast of James Franco from Comedy Central. Uh, you know, just the, the options are very, very limited. I have seen almost everything Jonah Hill's been in. And 
I mean, here he is, number 49 overall. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Again, I think he's a good actor. I think his comedy is fantastic. Uh, but one of the more recent things I saw him in was Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And he's definitely playing a character in that film. And I don't know. I, I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't enjoy his, char- his, his performance in that film. I, I don't know. My, my favorite performances of his are still 20, are from the Jump Street films, from Wall, Wolf of Wall Street. I think he's incredible in Wolf of Wall Street. Just not, a, just not everything. Just not everything. Um, so like I said, movies of his I haven't seen. Uh, True Story, another one with James Franco uh, from 2015. The Sitter, and then Lego Movie and How to Train Your Dragon and Beach Bum. Those are the big ones I haven't seen. And we'll see. You know, I, I hope these movies, Lego, How to Train Your Dragon, are good. I want them to be good. But it comes at a price. Like everything comes at a price. Uh, so Jonah Hill, my number five, born in the 1980s, my number 49 overall. Jonah Hill. All right. Number four. Number four. Let's do this. Uh, here we go. Number four is born November 12th, 1980 in Canada. 19 film credits that I've seen. He has an average film rating of 68.79. Two Oscar nominations. No wins. A value of 13. A score of 75.24. And is ranked 42nd overall. And this is... um, uh, The Strong Silent Type. Ryan Gosling. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like Ryan Gosling. I think he's really good in Blade Runner. I think he's really good in Drive, The Nice Guys, The Big Short. I liked him in First Man. I liked him in La La Land. Uh, Not Oscar level La La Land, but I liked him. Blue Valentine, Lars and the Real Girl, The Ides of March, Remember the Titans, Half Nelson. He's had some, he's been in some great films. You know, that's, I think that's undeniable. Whether you're a Drive, Blade Runner, La La Land, Big Short, Nice Guys fan, I think, and a lot of those fans, you know, cross over quite often, but he's been in something for everybody. And that's not always true of, of big actors, Oscar nominated actors. You know, someone with as high of a profile as a Ryan Gosling. I, I think he's been enough characters where he's reserved where he's withdrawn where he's quiet drive blade runner that when you see him in a la la land or a nice guy's role a big short where he's a fast talking you know smart aleck type of character it it really does kind of jump out and jolt the system a little bit he's He's exciting to watch, uh, you know. I, I I wasn't blown away by First Man nor by his performance in it, but I liked it. I think his performance fits the script. I think it fits the film. But I think at the same time, I've seen so many of his. We've seen a lot of his very reserved performances, and you get to a point where. Too many of those, and it, it just, whether or not it actually is, it feels repetitive. It feels like, he, it's not that he's holding back and and just keeping, you know, you know, working from the inside. It's that he's doesn't have anything else to show and we know that's not true with Gosling we know he has that ability we know he can be charming and and forthcoming and and outgoing in his performances and I wish I, I wish he wouldn't swing so far to the reserved characters as much I, I think 
He needs to take a little bit of a break from that. And just do some more... I don't know. Other other roles than those. Because he, he's nailed it. He's done that. We know he can do it. I want to see him do more. I want to see him go go beyond and and better. Um... Yeah. So, you know, I love my my favorite performance of his man is is probably Blade Runner, I think. Uh that's a tough one. Cuz I, I love him in The Big Short. I love him in Blue Valentine, Lars and the Real Girl. Just the the wackiness of that movie gets me. But yeah, he, he's got some, I think, you know, if you're his fan, I think you know that he has a wide variety of equally uh, deserving films that could you can call his best performance. And I think that's, you know, that's the goal, isn't it? If you're a, a, an actor, you want, I, I think you don't want one performance set above the rest. I think you want so many great performances that no one can really say for sure what your best ever was. And I think Gosling has that. I think he does. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen. A couple. Fracture from uh, 2007. Stay from 2005. The Believer, 2001. Murder by Numbers, 2002. A lot of the early aughts films of his I haven't seen uh, 2003's The United States of Leland uh, but I've seen a lot, I've seen, I've seen most of them you know, even his, his real bad All Good Things, which is awful uh, I did not like Only God Forgives either you know, he, he seems to really dig Nicholas Winding Refn, which is great, I think Refn has done some great stuff, uh, but it, it did kind of spill over into Gosling's own directorial effort, Lost River, which I also wasn't a big fan of, uh, so, you know, he's good, and I'm not sure what he's going to be in next, you know, none of the films on here are future films for him, looking through all of the posters, but uh, I'm always excited to see him in a movie. I just hope, uh, yeah, I want his roles to be a little more active for a little bit. And, um, or at least, I don't know, I, between Blade Runner, Drive, First Man, Place Beyond the Pines, Blue Valentine, I don't know, even, even like half a La La Land, I would, I would say, he just... He holds so much into his characters, and I want him to play some characters that, that don't do that as often. I'd like to see that. So that's my number four, born in the 1980s, number 42 overall, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Number three, um, someone I, I very much enjoy. Uh, born February 17th, 1981 in California. 37 film credits that I've seen. 62.65 average film rating. No Oscar nominations. A value of 17.5. A score of 76.94. And a rank of 28th overall is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, someone I initially was drawn to through Third Rock from the Sun, the TV show. I would later come to uh, enjoy his performance in 500 Days of Summer. And maybe that's it. And uh, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield as well. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Those were the things that introduced me to him and that uh, I really got into. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, his some of his bigger movies like Lincoln, um, like uh, 
you know that uh, there's not much there's no role there it's it's uh he's just a guy in a in a movie but then you know i start getting into movies like don john which he also directed brick uh 5050 looper 10 things i hate about you uh inception and all of a sudden you know he's got this slowly deepening and and fleshed out filmography uh you know i'm a i'm a fan of premium rush i like hesher a river runs through it mysterious skin uh the lookout i actually really like the lookout uh he was in beethoven the brothers bloom which is fine uh the walk also just fine snowden also just fine uh treasure planet fine uh dark knight rises big movie big movie and it's funny because you know I, i i have often many times cited him as one of my favorite actors all time i think he's incredibly talented as not just a performer, but he can sing. Uh, he plays plenty of musical instruments. I think he's got a great knack for filmmaking uh, in in many different aspects of the, the word. Even when he was younger on Third Rock from the Sun, I thought he was great in that. And I, I, I think, you know, he's just, he's, he's very, very talented. And when it gets to nowadays, he's not in as many movies now as he used to be. You know, he had a very tiny blink-you-miss-it role in Star Wars The Last Jedi, which you don't even have to blink, you still might miss it. Uh, He's not working in film as much anymore. He's got his own uh, company. He's got his own sort of side hustle I guess going on and you know I think there's nothing wrong with that Uh, I think he he, despite that you know he's still great he still has a huge filmography to pull great films from great performances from and if he decides he wants to jump back into film in a in a serious way i'm i'm so ready for it uh i think he he's got it whatever it is he's got it uh so i think he's been much higher on this list before now uh 28th is potentially the lowest i've ever seen him since i i've really been paying attention to it Uh, maybe not he i'm sure i'm sure that's not true but he was probably lower before I added The Last Jedi. But it just, I don't know. I, I, I'm taken, taken by his charms. He's he's suave, debonair, and um, he knows what he's doing. Some of the films of his I haven't seen, according to Letterboxd Popularity. Uh, 2008's Miracle at St. Anna. Uh, the Juror from 1996, 2003's Latter Days, Women in Trouble from 2009, Shadow Boxer from 2005, uh, and then a bunch of TV specials and things like that. There's, I, I, I don't, I'm, I haven't really heard anything about any of those films: Shadow Boxer, Women in Trouble, Juror, Miracle, Santa. I don't know. They they don't seem great really not really but you know i've seen 60 percent of the credits of his on letterboxd half of the ones i haven't seen aren't really films some of them don't even have posters etc etc so i don't know i feel like i've seen enough got it all down uh there's some short films that he's been in uh that i really enjoyed uh there's two I would single out Morgan M. Morganson's Date with Destiny, 2010, and then the sequel, Morgan and Destiny's 11th Date, 
colon, the Zeppelin Zoo. I think those are both fun, really good, and enjoyable. And I believe they're on YouTube or Vimeo or something. And I would encourage you to give them a look if you're a fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as I am. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I hope to see more from him. It feels like he's been uh, gone for a while. But, nevertheless, he is my number three born in the 1980s. He is number 28 overall. Which brings us to our penultimate penultimate person on this list, our number two overall, born November 19th, 1983, with 19 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 72.74, no Oscar nominations, a value of 17, a score of 82.81 to be ranked ninth overall is... Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I'm a huge fan of Adam Driver. I loved him in Patterson. I thought he was excellent in Patterson. Inside Lewin Davis, I thought he was hilarious. You can hear him in my Top 10 Countdown interlude. Uh, He's on that track. Uh, I love him in Star Wars. I think he's great as Kylo Ren. Black Klansman just this past year, I thought he was very, very good in. Logan Lucky, uh, just like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he has a blink-and-you-miss-it role in Lincoln. I liked him in While We're, While We're Young, the Meyerowitz stories, uh, everything. I, I liked him in everything I saw him in. Midnight Special, uh, criminally underrated Midnight Special. He is... Uh, He's kind of goofy looking, I think, on first glance. I think if you don't really know him as an actor, if you don't really see him in a movie, he looks kind of silly, uh, unconventional. You know, my I think my, uh, my, my introduction to him was through Girls, which I thought he was great on Girls. You know, he got three consecutive primetime Emmy nominations for his performance on Girls. Uh, and... You know, he's only been acting in since the last eight or nine years. And he's already racked up some incredible, incredible films with some incredible filmmakers. The Coen Brothers with Inside Lewin Davis, Spike Lee, Black Klansman, Silence, Martin Scorsese. He was in Francis Ha, Logan Lucky. Uh, you know, he just, he has, you know, Lincoln, Spielberg. He just he done he's done a lot of things in in such a short period of time, and I'm constantly impressed. Uh, I most recently saw him in The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, uh, which is Terry Gilliam's long long sought after film to be made. Uh, finally, actually got made and and. and it's been sort of released. I don't know what kind of release pattern it is. I liked it. It's not great. Not my favorite Terry Gilliam film, but I liked it. I liked Adam Driver. I liked Jonathan Price in it. I thought they were both great. And uh, it has all of Terry Gilliam's signature traits. And uh, Adam Driver is is a kind of perfect fish out of water character for that that movie type of movie. Some of the movies of his I haven't seen. Obviously, Star Wars Episode Nine isn't out yet. Uh, J. Edgar, which is uh, apparently his first performance uh, ever in a movie. J. Edgar from 2011. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure why, but I'll get to it. Uh, 2014's Hungry Hearts. Uh, 2010's You Don't Know Jack, which I think is an HBO special. Um... And that's kind of it. There's a couple of short films on his filmography here, uh, as well as plenty of films for the upcoming years, including The Dead Don't Die from this year, Untitled Noah Baumbach Project this year, Tough As They Come, which is listed as 2018. Annette doesn't have a poster, uh, but 
he's he's one of those names where you put him on a film and I'm interested. He plays a, a millennial jerk in While We're Young. He plays a just a, a perfect, perfect, introspective, reserved, thoughtful uh, bus driver in Patterson. You know, he can play... Francis Ha to Logan Lucky, he can go back in time to silence, he can just be quirky and off off the wall and inside Lewin Davis. And then he's got Star Wars. And you know, whether you like The Force Awakens or whether you like The Last Jedi or both or neither, or I, I still think he is one of, if not the most compelling characters in those movies uh, with one of, if not the most compelling performances in those movies. And I think that's a lot to do with him. Yeah, I think it's a lot, a lot to do with him. So I'm super excited to see him in episode nine as Kylo Ren and uh, still find the time to go back and watch J. Edgar and some of his other older films because it's one of the best, in my opinion. And then I, number two, 1980s. Number nine overall, by the numbers, is Adam Driver. Adam Driver, which brings us to number one. The highest rated actor on my spreadsheet that was born in the 1980s. He was born May 12th, 1983. He has a value, or I've seen him in 28 films with an average film rating of 68.14. No Oscar nominations. He has a value of 19.5. He has a score of 83.1 and is ranked 8th overall. One spot ahead of Adam Driver. He is from Ireland. He's an Irish actor director and writer uh, though I have not seen his directorial or writing efforts but as an actor I, I think he is very 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 skilled and that is Donal Gleason, son of the also great actor Brendan Gleeson uh, he's he's He, he sh- let's say this. He shares the Harry Potter franchise uh, with the Phelps brothers. He shares Star Wars franchise with Adam Driver. Uh, he's he's been in some of the biggest movies of all time. A lot of Oscar-nominated films, uh, from Brooklyn to True Grit. To the Revenant, to Ex Machina, he was in Calvary, which he was great in his his small his supporting role in Calvary. Mother, he has a small role in Mother. Frank, I love him in Frank. He's in Dread, About Time, American Maid, Perrier's Bounty, Peter Rabbit, Six Shooter, an Oscar-winning short film, Anna Karenina, Never Let Me Go. Goodbye, Christopher Robin, which is fine. Uh, the Little Stranger, which is meh. Uh, but th- there's just... He he can play so many roles, from villain to hero. Um, I'm just thoroughly impressed. I think if you haven't seen Calvary... Of all these, I would highly, highly, highly recommend Calvary because that is a side of Donald Gleason. I don't think anyone has seen unless you've seen Calvary. His character is so different from the rest of them that I've seen in that movie. I I wish... Uh, I, 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 I'm excited for him to get out from underneath Star Wars... Uh, General Hux is uh, not his best, not his best work by any stretch. I think it's 
fairly mediocre. And I think I think he's having fun with the character for sure, which is great, and I think that's important too. But um, other than that, I think he's very he's a lot more calm and 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 reserved in his other performances in The Revenant, in Ex Machina, uh, in Brooklyn. I think those performances generally serve him well, uh, and even I would even say better. Uh, I saw him relatively recently in The Little Stranger, which I didn't really like from this past year, uh, but I thought he was fine in it. Uh, a Dog Year, Shadow Dancer, Crash Pad. I don't know, all these films, even when the film isn't great, I think if you focus on Gleason, he will, I don't know, he, he rises above material most of the time. Star Wars, no, but most of the time, most of the time. Uh, some of the films of his I haven't seen yet, uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, three people on this list in Star Wars Episode Nine, including Lupita Nyong'o. The Kitchen from 2019. Um, and then a bunch of films that have been on his list for a while that I have not been able to find access to. Boy Eats Girl, Sensation, When Harvey Met Bob, and Studs, all from like the mid to late aughts uh, with, or early, mid aughts or early 2010s. Uh, so another person who I've gone out of my way to try to find all the movies he's been in, just, uh, they're not all there. So I'm looking forward to Star Wars, as I've said before. The Kitchen. I'm looking forward to The Kitchen. Uh, this is an, this is a 2019 film directed by Andrea Burloff. First film that also stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, Elizabeth Moss, Common, Margot Martindale, Bill Camp, Brian Darcy James, James Badgedale, uh, among others, including Donald Gleason. Um, and this is the first I've ever heard of it, and I'm very excited for it. It looks, the poster is great, and the cast is good. So, uh, that being said, Donald Gleason, one of my favorites. I'm very pleased to see him at the top of this list, and I hope he can uh, hold on to that spot. For a while my number one born in the 80s number eight overall so i will recount top 10 here one last time number 10 moving upward anna paquin anna paquin uh lupita nyongo sebastian stan james phelps oliver phelps jonah hill ryan gosling joseph gordon levitt adam driver and at number one donal gleason those are my top 10 actors born in the 1980s and uh, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I do appreciate it. It means quite a bit. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find those on most podcast uh, providers, including iTunes. You can also head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, for the other episodes and many other things, uh, top 10 lists, Circle of Film Award nominations, and things like that. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason at all, uh, on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com or find me on Letterboxd. I post a review of everything I watch, generally speaking. Uh, Letterboxd.com slash circleoffilm. If you would like to support the show, uh, you can do so through patreon.com slash circleoffilm uh, for as little as eight cents an episode. And um, if not, if you would like to do so in another way, in another fashion, that is perfectly acceptable, and you can uh, help out by rating and reviewing on iTunes. That's always always nice too. And uh, that's it. Thank you again for listening to today's episode, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing.
Everything's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what are we to say? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.